0: Alright everybody, get ready and cheer because it is time to get your plants in the ground and Batavia and I are going to help you get be as successful as possible right out the gate first thing this spring. Let's do this.
1: That's the crowd going wild. To have a good
2: harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer.
0: The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, where we talk about all things gardening and give the information out for you to be successful in your garden, whether it's your first or your last. We are your hosts, Ben, the Backyard Gardener, and
1: Batavia, the Front Yard Gardener,
0: one in the country, one in the city, and this podcast is a companion podcast to the upcoming documentary Backyard Gardens a documentary about two families growing food for the first time in a world that lacks nutrition. Yes it is. It is time. It is time. No matter where you are. No, never mind. Not no matter where you are, but hopefully you can plant your plants now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's uh I can't believe it, you know. I've I've got my stuff in the ground for the most part, but uh you should be getting there, huh?
1: Yeah, I feel like it was this lull Like it was January, February, and now it's like, you know, May. Like I feel like I really lost a couple of months um, and I'm excited, so so yeah, I'm ready to do it. I'm thinking about as we listen to this particular episode, I should have, I'm just gonna throw out random wrong percentages, like 30% of my garden's gonna be planted by then. Yeah, that's, yeah, 30%
0: uh let me think for me 30 percent. that's it
1: well yeah because i'm doing like some may plantings and then i'm doing like i'm still i know don't listen to the previous episodes where i said something different i'm going to make june 1st a planting date as well it's cold and wet here still
0: yeah yeah i'm gonna be i'm probably 95 percent in except i need sweet potato slips mm-hmm. bad covid has messed me up bro yeah. bad calling so, all sweet potato
1: a, slip creators
0: yeah we'll call them creators <laughs> chits <laughs> chit creators no that's not chit that, that's, creators. that's for
1: the regular potatoes
0: oh okay we won't start that again anyways no 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 no
1: That's like an undying loop of fun.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'll never stop it, ever. Um, So I want to say before we get started that Batavia and I went live on Instagram completely randomly a couple weeks ago, and um, needless to say, it was good but it was definitely random yeah yeah so we're gonna try and do it roughly on the beginning of the month we'll put announcements out and um you guys come and join us and um chat with us and you know we can bounce some tips off and show you what's going on with us and all that stuff so
1: Absolutely. Uh, should be pretty good yeah looking forward yeah. to hearing and seeing you guys or i guess yeah you guys seeing us and us reading from you because that's how it works on instagram but still
0: yeah, so who's going to be the um the designated reader?
1: I can be the Somebody's designated g- reader. I'm pretty quick with the eye and the scrolling, yeah. You Thank know, what's God, so funny I- though about that random, it's like every random conversation we have, which is almost every conversation we have. Like the only things yeah. that we actually like have a defined topic for are these episodes. And that's a, it's just a topic, right? That's all we do.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, if it was any other day, it's like, "Oh yeah, let's talk about uh, the podcast. Oh. Now I'm gonna talk about my garden. Now I'm gonna talk about this and that, and we just bounce like crazy people. So, um, I guess that's why this works as yeah. well as it does because yeah. we're both crazy.
1: Cheers to that.
0: So, so, and I, I just want to say I picked out a recipe, oh, so good, I'm good, good to go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Are we gonna fast to forward to today. the
1: end? Are we wrapping up the episode here? That's it.
0: It's, it's, it's it, like it. <laughs> Stick your plants in the ground and get used to it. No. So um yeah we're gonna talk about getting your plants ready and I am going to preview a little something about a podcast I recorded this morning that's coming out later during this so um just to because I mean, it works so well mm, and mm-hmm, it's something mm-hmm. that I learned today so it makes sense but um kick us off Batavia give us give us a tip give us a, a job whatever you want to call it
1: yeah I'll give you something so first I have my garden hat on, one of the few that I have as we're recording this Mm -hmm. episode um, because I really wanted to get into character here. Um, So I'm going to do kind of two things over the course of this episode. One, I'm going to talk about, you know, kind of how I get plants in the ground when I purchase them as transplants because there's still time for me to do that. I'm still hopeful things are looking good, but historically that's what I've done and then I'll talk about and Ben will help us along when it comes to getting things in the ground that you've actually started from seed indoors. Um,
0: Well, what's the difference? Well, there shouldn't be any difference.
1: Well, there's one, 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 one key difference. When I buy transplants at the store, I could literally come home and bring them and put them into the the garden. Um, They are already outdoors. They've already been keyword hardened off. Whereas the plants that are in my basement right now, they're under grow lights. They haven't been exposed to the elements. And that equals the whole hardening off process, getting them acclimated to their outdoor well, I think, life.
0: I think we should run this as if they've already been hardened off and they're ready to go. Cause we've covered that in past um, podcasts. Okay. Perfect. I don't want to repeat. Yeah. You do. If you want to know how to harden them off, go back and find them in episode. We talked about them with uh, Bridgette from San Diego Seed Mm -hmm. Company. And real quickly, I'll tell you to slowly get them out, slowly get them used to the sun, bring them in, bring them out at an hour each day. Don't burn them. And once they can stay out all day, then it's time to plant. And that's where we're going to go.
1: Yeah. You're starting with minutes, not hours at the very beginning. And then you're transitioning up. Right. And that's something that I had to um, I had to learn as well. Um, But that episode with Bridget from San Diego Seeds, it's it's super helpful. I listened to it earlier this year when I was trying to get my mind around, um, you know, starting seeds and that whole process. Um, But anywho, let's talk about, we have our plants and they're actually, you know, on your porch, on your uh, deck, on your patio, wherever have you. What I like to do is get everything I plan on planting all together, right? You know, so it's kind of a bunch of baby plants that are sitting around. And then if you're lucky, you've already had, you already have a firm plan of where you want to put things but I'm not always that lucky. So, in most right. cases I know where I'm going to plant a couple of things. Um but other things I'm still kind of playing around with. So, one of the big things I do is I what do you like dry fitting, I guess that's a term you use and um in some I don't know, house activity. So I just basically place the plant in the dirt. I don't dig the hole even. I just kind of sit it there and get an eye on what it looks like. It's important for me to kind of see that plant in that space. Um, And I do that for the entire, everything that I'm planting that day. And I do the walk around. I want to make sure that it seems right. I want to start now visualizing how big that plant's going to be before, once it grows up to be a, you know, a big human Grown plant. Um, So it's really like, you know, what's the term being? It's not dry fitting. It's dry run. Dry run. Yeah, let's call it a dry run. I don't I don't think that's it,
0: though. A trial.
1: No, not that either.
0: I'm not going to break out the thesaurus. (laughs) That's a dangerous road. Uh,
1: So I uh, but that's what I do. Whatever the third version of that was, the third name of that really was. Um, So that's one of the first steps that I do when it comes to planting. How about you?
0: Right. My so I don't do that Ooh. as a matter of fact. Um well, I I already have a plan in place yeah. and um for me because I'm using the same space like especially this year in my main four garden beds, I did not um wow, I just stuttered. It felt weird. I did not um really add anything new. Mm-hmm. So I knew what was going on. Um, I go out and I dig a hole. Mm, mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's... Well, and that kind of brings to the whole point of this whole thing that we're doing is it's not that hard. Mm -hmm. But um, I I decide what needs to go out now Mm -hmm. and what can wait before I do anything, honestly. So some things depending on where you are so this is coming out i believe we said um first or second week of may Mm. so there are still some areas that are getting rather cool nights so you wouldn't put out your your peppers don't do like me and put your peppers out when they are going to be cold and you know so i would put out Whatever I'm going to put out first is what I bring out. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of make an educated decision. But at the same time, for me, I'm still hardening stuff off. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So do you plant at a particular time of day, morning, afternoon, night?
0: Yeah, I put everything in in the afternoon, preferably on a cloudy day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if it's not overly windy. Now, if you're getting a transplant or a seed start, whatever you want to call it, a seedling from a store and those things are, they've been sitting outside getting yeah. beat to death. It does. I mean, you can just plop them in the ground mm-hmm. for the most part, mm-hmm. but still try to do it in the afternoon because I'll still get a little bit of sun and then it'll kind of calm down.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, the, the night's usually not as windy as the daytime. So, um, and I can get into that if you would like, but I don't want everybody to fall asleep.
1: No, I'm just thinking like, you know, in the afternoon, that way that plant, when it's first going into the ground, doesn't have kind of the task of surviving the full day. Right. So it'll have the afternoon. Like you said, if there's overcast, you know, you don't have that sun necessarily beating down on it. And then it gets to recover at night and then it gets to be its own growing up plant on day yeah. two. Right. You know, Well,
0: it starts setting its roots right away. Mm-hmm. So when you put it in, it stops everything. Just Boom and it's like okay i'm it's like when you move to a new house like you don't just move to a new house and sit on the couch and start watching netflix
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know you move to a new house you turn on the backyard gardens podcast and you start <laughs> to unpack your house and you get your roots set in the house yeah. and it's the same way so um they immediately stop growing leaves and they start getting their roots comfortable and that's what you need to focus on
1: do you think that there is um a bit of shock for the plant going from wherever it was into your garden area?
0: Yeah. um, Why are you asking me like I know the answer? I don't know. I mean, I've always read.
1: Yeah, anytime I ask questions like that, I basically agree with whatever. I'm just looking for you to agree.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so I've always read that there's a certain amount of shock, Mm -hmm. but you have to minimize it. Mm -hmm. So don't get in there. Like if you if you have the, um, all right, you got to help me here. This the cells, mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. That you've planted them in. Um, by the way, look at my hands. Look how dirty they are.
1: Is that dirt, dirt? Like, yeah, that's dirt, from dirt. The soil from the garden.
0: Yeah, that's dirt. Yeah. It's dirt like that, soil. Same you thing. Didn't even, you didn't wash your um, hands when you
1: came back in. What are you doing here, man? I,
0: I don't go anywhere near coronavirus. Mm-hmm. I haven't, I've left my house three times in the past month. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you take them out of the seed cell, you don't really want to disturb the roots that much, but you definitely want to give them a little massage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So don't just grab it by the stalk of the plant and just like rip it out. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like you're going to perish and You got to pull the ripcord. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You need to be careful. And the way you take them out of the cell is you flip them upside down, you massage the cell a little bit and hopefully it'll fall right out. And then you can just massage the dirt and the roots just to get them a little bit loose, and then stick them in. Yeah. So
1: one of the specific things that I do, and it's I'm going to show Ben with my hands, and I'm going to try. to It's not going to help anybody. So
0: you're not missing anything.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to show Ben with a finger. Then, so basically, you have it with plants that have a stem. I would take the you know my hand, and then put. Let's say my index finger and middle finger and thumb on one side of the plant, and then my ring finger and pinky on the other side of the stem, and then turn it over upside down like you said, shake the the pot off, and then there you go. But one thing I do before I get there though is um, I want to make sure that my plants are moist, you know, not soaking wet um, but definitely not dry, and that's really important if you're getting these plants from you know a garden center or a you know big box store or a nursery or something like that um
0: I do different
1: You do you you put them in totally dry?
0: I put them in dry. Ah. I do. And um everybody reach around and grab a drink cuz here it comes. <laughs> So one thing, um, and this is just, and a lot of the things that I do kind of transfer over and they might not be proper, but when you repot a bonsai tree, you don't want to do it wet Mm -hmm. because all the roots are holding all that soil together. And so when you take it out, if it's dry, it's gripping that dirt and it won't, you won't lose the Mm -hmm. dirt. So that's why I do it. Um, But uh, that being said, I immediately water as soon as I plant, which I probably went way ahead into the podcast you know no, but it's okay it's surprise all good. surprise <laughs> you got to water your plants <laughs> so um
1: but that's i mean dude i'm i'm just telling you i'm trying to i always try to think back to when i didn't know a thing um like yesterday when I didn't know. (laughs) So um, the reason why, and I don't do a soaking. The reason why I like it a little bit moist is because, you know, if it's completely dry for me, what ends up happening is I start losing soil. And I, so kind of what you're saying, and I get concerned about, Like, you know, um, as I'm maneuvering around that, a root breaking off or something, right? So it's a little bit more pliable in my experience if it's a little bit moist. Um,
0: Well, do you know what happens when you break a root off?
1: No, I don't know what happens.
0: So if you break a root off, especially like a thick root, Mm -hmm. what happens is the damage from that tells the plant to grow it back. But instead of growing back like a thick root, Mm -hmm. it grows back feeder roots in its place. So, it's actually going to grow more. The the th- th- I'm stuttering today. It's okay. The feeder roots come out, and they're the very small, fine roots, and they actually feed the plants more. Mm-hmm. So, don't go and cut the roots or anything. <laughs> but if it does happen, it's not like a huge deal. Uh-huh. You know what I mean?
1: Uh-huh.
0: And there's ways to mitigate the damage. hmm
1: so for so, me, I had my plants uh, placed in the area that I wanted to put them in. I have moistened that area like with just, a, you know, not even a hose, but just like a watering can or something. Ben just goes out and digs a hole, right? Um, leaving the plant dry if it's already dry, right?
0: Well, let me let me expand on the dryness mm-hmm. thing. So I'm doing my seedlings and my seedlings when you that i've grown is you want to get let them dry out a little bit before you transplant Mm them you want to start shocking them you want the roots to know like hey i'm gonna have to look for water i'm gonna have to search it out so during that harden off period you do want to let them dry out not to the point of a total wilt Mm -hmm. and wilting for those who don't know is when the leaves get real soft and they sag it's basically your plant saying give me water, Mm -hmm. I'm thirsty. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, you want to get it just to that point and then water it. And so Mm -hmm. it's kind of, you know, and when you get your seedlings from the, they've already done that at the, um, not the big box store or your garden center, but when they're growing them, they've already done that portion more than likely. So,
1: yeah, I um am. I get nervous when plants outside start to wilt. I do that all the time with my indoor house plants, like there are a couple of plants where I don't water them until I see the leaves droop or see Mm -hmm. them wilt. Um, That's my signal. But I get nervous. Like I feel like I have one shot, you know, when it's outside And, and we all, well, most of us know if you've had a garden, you see at some point in the day, some of the leaves may wilt and droop. and even if you don't water in right that minute it could just be the heat of the day that's making it do that um they still bounce back so i while there's like this secret fear of oh my gosh i, I need to make sure that it doesn't wilt when i'm tra- uh, transplanting them or planting them um it's not that's not reality it, it'll be fine right you know? yeah uh, but that's just, just you know, don't let to go crazy nelly. i mean yeah
0: you know you start dropping leaves and it's toast but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know and i'm not telling you to let your plants wilt but It's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. But watering is important. Yeah.
1: Yeah. For sure. So, um, the I'm ripe tracking with Ben now. I'm clearly gonna dig a hole. Um. So I, this is where we're talking about the tools, favorite tools. I use a hand trowel for like almost all of my planting. Um. So no shovel, no hoe. (laughs) Um, No. Nope.
0: Nope. Hoes are for seeds. Do you hear that dead air? You can't have dead air, Tavia, You got to say something. Say again? Hoes are for seeds.
1: Oh, you mean... Wait, no. Oh, no. I don't understand.
0: (laughs) Yeah, apparently you don't. There's a lot of dead air there. So, you know... Is this um, thing on? Yeah. Yeah. Hello? <laughs> um, no, you know, I did that YouTube video and I showed you when I turned it to an angle oh, okay. and dug the, tr- the trench. Mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. what you do. That is for when you're planning like a long row mm-hmm, or something. Mm-hmm. But I use, I use a trowel too. Yeah. I mean, I have two or three of them because yeah. I, I lose them and then I buy them and then I find them and my son takes them and hides them in the woods. Mm-hmm.
1: And I have a bad yeah, one and then bad. I have one that um, I've taken care of. So one that I leave yeah. outside. but one of the reasons why i um now wait
0: wait 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 wait. i gotta say something uh-huh. i use a plastic trowel
1: i'm sorry i don't i don't understand the words
0: a plastic trowel
1: yeah i i hear the words Spade. but i don't sorry. understand
0: i don't understand it's made out of plastic
1: i don't understand why you would do that
0: because it doesn't rust <laughs> so i can, i don't have to take care of it <laughs> Sorry, I called it a trowel and I use that when I go backpacking to poop in to dig a hole to poop in or something. So that's I get them confused.
1: Yeah. Spade. Yeah. I, but, I think um, I called it a spade. trowel too. Yeah. Um, so one of the things as a hashtag urban gardener, um, I don't always have a lot of space to move about. So even with a uh, hoe, if, if you will, like in my front yard, like my flower bed a $6 for sure. <laughs> here you go. In my flower bed, I could use you know those kind of you know um, tools, but like in the backyard, there's some angles that I need to try to get to. Um, and it's just a, a big tool like that gets in the way. So, I mean, it all gets the job done ultimately, but now also just to note my soil has been worked and it's really pliable, right? So a hand, um, a spade, it's really easy to kind of get that soil scooped up and get my plant inside. So it's not like aggressive hand spading. Is
0: it Yeah. <laughs> I usually use my bare hands, too. I mean, if I can get my hands in there and just pull it out, it's faster for me. Because remember, I'm lazy and I want to get out of there. So I usually just, you know, if I can, I can stick my hands down there and pull. Hence the reason why my hands are so dirty mm-hmm. right now.
1: I never do that. Now, I will like when it comes to pulling putting the um, soil back on. So we, you know, dug a hole. You know, using any number of tools, pop the plant inside. I do for some of them, especially if you have some um, some roots, I do the little furring that you're talking about, like kind of almost tickling the bottom of the, the plant, mm-hmm. uh, loosen things up just a little bit, you know, kind of give the roots a direction to go in, if you will. Um, planting, you know, is there any plant that you can think of that um, should be planted where, you know how they say, whatever container you took it out of, the soil that you're putting it in, you know, that plant should basically reach that same soil amount, right? You know, so is there any plant you can think of that kind of protrudes out of the soil you're planting it in? Uh, Does
0: that make sense? I was, tr- I was tracking uh-huh. and then I lost yeah. you. So, so you know how um, you... you mean, wait, wait, let me try. Let me try and, and put piece it together for you. You mean so like you don't put it any deeper than it says?
1: Um... Sure. Yeah. Then
0: the, yeah, I mean everything except for tomatoes.
1: Yeah. No, I was saying the opposite of it. So we know tomatoes, you can plant in the hole much deeper, and you can plant some of the stem. So that's a thing, right? right. Um, every other plant should be l- the soil level that you took it out of for the pot should be the same soil level that you're planting in, right? Um, so the right. same amount of the plant that's above the soil in the pot should be the same amount of the plant that's above the soil in the garden bed. That took a long while to get that clear. Sorry about that. Um, But I was saying, do you know of any other plants that kind of, I feel like I've seen maybe some trees, uh, maybe even fruit trees that kind of um, the protrude from the soil level up. Like you don't want to plant the entire thing.
0: Oh, you don't plant them as deep. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Lenten rose is one of them. Mm -hmm. And um, a foxglove is one of them too. Mm. Um, You want those to be a little bit higher. And the thing about like trees and shrubs is you want them to, um, you want to dig the hole twice as wide as the actual root ball that Mm -hmm. it comes in. And Mm -hmm. you want to, here we go into the next one that I was going to talk about, amend the soil Mm
2: -hmm.
0: for that, you know? And um, I'm just going to get right to that. Amending the soil um, means adding compost or fertilizer or anything like that. So that brings me to this portion, um, where I just interviewed and it's coming up soon. Um, the, the lady, um, and from Neptune's harvest fertilizer, mm-hmm. and they have a new product that was very interesting to me. Um, I got to find, I don't want to mess it up. It's, um, a soil amendment that you put in ideally before. So right now would be the right time to do it. And it is, here we go. Oh, it is a, a crab um, and lobster shell mix that you put in. And man, I don't want to do it just justice, but it has, whatever it is, it breaks down in the soil and it, it adds drainage, mm-hmm. but it also adds um, nitrogen and phosphorus to it. So it's not an even NPK which is your nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. So it's considered a plant food, mm-hmm. but it's a soil amendment. And it was interesting to me because, take another drink. Um, when you put this, the shell in there, it's the same idea as with my trees, is the roots will come down and it'll the shell will actually cut it. The root. Oh,
1: okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And
0: this is my theory, and she kind of agreed with me. Um, and then it'll actually create more feeder roots off of it at the same time as feeding your plants and stuff like that so um but you can use compost you can add fertilizer at this point um light fertilizer mm-hmm. and Batavia's raising her hand someone let her jump in
1: yeah um so it's not i agree with amending the soil um so i actually do that as well but i do another thing and it just i don't know it's like um it's a routine of sorts So if unless I've just created a a garden bed or a garden area where I've just put new soil down, if you will, or if I, you know, I'm pulling some amended soil, you know, out of my little cart or a bucket or something. If it's soil that was from last season, I always put basically like a handful or two of new soil in the hole. Um, and then more recently in last the last couple of years just a little bit of the compost that I use I buy bad compost because I'm afraid of mice remember so I don't compost at home uh, so and I, I just mix basically mix that together and I'm putting my new plant in that hole with the new goodies
0: so I was blessed this year my neighbor was like I got a bag of compost I don't want it you want it and I was like you damn right uh-huh so, um, Did I my, give you my son's address job, to have
1: that shipped to me. Did, no, uh,
0: okay. well, yeah, you can at this point. There's only a couple <laughs> flakes left. Um, my son's job this spring was, um, I'm good, I was out there planning and I was like, you go grab the yellow bag
2: mm-hmm.
0: of poop. And he's like, oh, I don't want to get poop. And I'm like, yeah, we put poop in. He's like, I don't want to eat poop, daddy. But he would. <laughs> He would drag the bag around with me, mm-hmm. and just keeping him busy and active and mm-hmm. in the garden. And I would just take a little handful and drop it in. Um, but see, I also topped off my beds this year, mm-hmm. so I didn't necessarily, like you said, yeah. I didn't feel like it was totally necessary to do a lot mm-hmm. with that. That's a good point. But I'm gonna, next,
1: next year, you're going to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, because I got to top off another bed next year. Oh.
1: So last year, when I put the garden to bed, I did the front yard and got everything topped off, you know, stirred in some, stirred in, (laughs) folded in some compost. So I'm not going to do what I just described, but for my backyard, listen, this gal was tired by the time I got back there. So I did nothing with the backyard. So I do have some work to do when it comes to that soil and specifically when I start planting.
0: But look, even if you don't put anything in there, it's still going to grow.
1: Guess what's gonna grow? Food's gonna grow, baby.
0: Yeah, you don't have to amend your soil. Yeah. It is a really good idea, mm-hmm. but you don't have to do it. And I'm sure, I guarantee you, there's an experienced gardener right now that's screaming mm. at their device. But you don't have to. Um, but you will be more productive with it. And again, a handful is all it takes. You know, you just want to add a little bit. So, and, more- and I also. Go ahead. I was
1: just saying, more productive is almost a theme, right? Because we're always talking about like, um, I, I was just talking about this when it came to mulch—a nicety, not a necessity, right? You know, um, will you benefit from it? Yes. Will your garden, you know, um, get shut down and not produce any food if you don't use it? Nope, that's not going to happen. You're still going to be able to to harvest and and enjoy your you know, the fruits of your labor. These are just pointers or tips that I can get you that to that very next step, if you will. So
0: Yeah. And I mean Another thing I do is I take the fish seaweed fertilizer from Neptune's mm-hmm. and I water directly in the hole first too.
1: And you're using full, sh- oh, in the hole first, you're using full strength at
0: that point, right? Because these are like... Well, it's all, it's always diluted. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't pour it directly and you just follow the directions, but I give it a little, <laughs> a little juicing. Um, it's just like giving it a little bit of steroids yeah. just to kind of, you know, give it that uh, to get going. But um, yeah, and other than that I stick it in the ground and cover it with dirt Uh uh-huh
1: so covering it with soil um or dirt as Ben insists on calling it um so I insist
0: (laughs) I've been berated on Instagram for calling it dirt too and I will not stop and
1: and that's exactly the reason why you're going full steam ahead and
0: every time somebody says something about it I go harder so I support you
1: by watching you get berated (laughs) (laughs)
0: our friendship sucks Listen,
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna come in and comment and say wait wait can you say it again i missed it <laughs> <laughs> um okay so for me i i don't know if it was my go, but for me um i think i think remember you asked me what type of gardener i am i think i'm i go through rituals so i don't i won't water that first plant i'm gonna go and plant everything and then I'm gonna come back through. Now I'm gonna come back through if I'm doing all transplants and not seeds, I'm gonna come back through with my water hose. Did I fast forward too much? Cause I mean, I don't know if I have any more steps left.
0: No, no, I mean, Yeah. You're good. Yeah. You're good.
1: So um, instead of kind of watering each, planting, watering, planting, watering, I like to get everything in its new home and then kind of come back and marvel at the gloriousness. And then that's an opportunity for me to water everything. Now, every now and again, I'll get to the end of that and start watering and say, oh, maybe I shouldn't have put that zucchini plant next to the tomato plant. Maybe that's not a good idea. Oh, yeah. And I've oh, actually yeah. pulled stuff up, whether it's that day or um, the next day. Real quick story. So last year in the, we're going to um, beep this out, the front yard garden. <laughs> so I had, Boop. yeah, right. So I had two brand new beds. They're like, you know, 10 foot by three foot. And um, I had them. Let's see. I built them by built them. I made, assembled them. They're metal beds. Um, And then I had some help getting the cow panels that I was going to use for trellises. I know Ben loves those. I had some help getting those, but that came like a couple of days later. So like the beds were built, the soil was delivered. I loaded up the soil. I don't even know how, I think I hit like 15,000 steps on my Fitbit that day, going back and forth, loading the soil into the beds. But the cow panel wasn't coming for like, you know, another two days. And so when the cow panels came and we got them like, connected to the beds I realized it wasn't it didn't have the arch that I wanted I know I know I'm getting kind of pretty in gardening and so I kept on looking at it and kept on looking at it and I had done measurements but clearly I don't know what I'm doing with a tape measure that was one of my favorite tools too um so the beds ultimately were too close together I had already planted marigolds and um zucchini plants in the beds. Again, bring the cow panel in, it doesn't work. And I looked at it for like two days. And I said, if I continue to start planting in here, planting more stuff, I'm done, like this is gonna be it. So I made the executive decision one morning to literally start digging out the dirt and moving the bed. I'm glad I did it, but boy, was it a mess. So I also had to basically pull those plants out and replant them, if you will.
0: That's a nightmare.
1: Yeah. But it's beautiful now. That's a nightmare scenario. Yeah. Yeah, That's, I mean, if I, this isn't putting plants in, this is more of like the organizing and building your beds, like get it right. This is the, what is it? Measure twice, cut once, because you don't want to have to pull dirt out of a bed, you know, or move your dirt pile. If you're just planting directly into the ground, you don't want to have to do that a second time if you could help it boy was that pain Have you
0: guys heard how many times Batavia said dirt?
1: It was for your benefit.
0: I've counted 12.
1: Mm-hmm. No, you didn't. Ca- Did I say it 12 times? Yeah.
0: Oh. Yeah, I've been counting. I believe you said it about 12 times now. Look at you. It felt good. Uh-huh. It felt good. It felt good. Yeah, it felt it natural. Felt good, yeah. It felt
1: like I need to consciously say soil when I say soil.
0: It's hard. Or do I it's need hard. to
1: consciously say dirt? Which one is it? Hmm.
0: It's dirt. <laughs> Because you know why? Because God made dirt and dirt don't hurt.
1: As a matter of fact, it can do wonders for your garden. So, anywho, yes, it can. Um, I, I brought that up to say, you know, if you get your plants just by chance, if you change your mind about where you want to put something, it doesn't hurt for you to move it, you know, within a day or two after planting it. I don't think so.
0: I don't think so, but it's it's not a good idea. Not recommended, you know I mean? but should, don't feel like you're yeah, stuck, you, should, you know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I, it's not recommended, but um, I, had a, I had a miniature brain fart. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I will say that I do at the same time that I put my seedlings in is I put I direct sow stuff that I want to direct sow that can be direct sown uh-huh. at that time, which means putting the seed directly in the garden and growing it from there. And the reason why I do that is because both of those things are going to need to be watered a little bit heavier. Mm -hmm. So I want to go ahead and get my seeds in so they can start being watered and getting ahead, too. Oh,
1: okay, okay. Because
0: I don't want to go back and forth and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Um, So I use.
1: Do you mix your beds? Right. So um, Ben and I both primarily plant in um, raised beds. Right. Um, So I'm doing some container stuff this year. But are you planting? I'm
0: 50-50.
1: 50-50? Oh, oh yeah, because you have that spot over there. Okay. Yeah. 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 Good, good. So my question is, do you, um, and I'm I'm assuming you do, do you mix seeds and transplants like in the same bed? Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't care about that because the way I water is I have a timer on a sprinkler. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, I can turn the sprinkler on whenever I want and I can hand water too, but again, I'm lazy. I don't want to be out there with a wand, water and everything. You know what I mean? I love it. So yeah, <laughs> I do. That's my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just allows it to kind of get two bases covered at once. Yeah. And that's, I think that's important because The number one way you're going to fail at seeds is if you don't water them. Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: You know, that's the number one way. And they're really delicate at first. So, like, you know, the first night you get them in, I water them for, I don't know, I'll set my sprinkler. It sounds like a long time, but remember, it's covering all of it for maybe 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then the next morning, I'll turn the sprinkler back on. Um, You know, if it's not on the day it's supposed to be watered. Then I'll water it again for um, another 15, 20 minutes. And then the day that it does water, the sprinkler goes off for an hour. Yeah. So So. a
1: couple of quick notes. When you have your plants, even if you've gotten them from, you know, a store or something and you have them in the little pots or if you brought them from outside, the watering needs that you were using, you know, before you planted are totally different than what you're going to do when you're putting that plant in the ground. Um, and the same thing I think holds true when it comes to even direct sowing seeds. Like the drainage for your outdoor garden is just different. The drainage for containers is different, kind of how often you need to water them. Uh, it's different if you're in a raised bed on top of you know the patio or concrete like I am. If you're in a raised bed on native soil, like all of those things um, kind of make a little bit of a difference when it comes to how much
0: water you know your plant or your seed needs. Um, so, how much water do you are you supposed to or do? Most plants need in the garden. What is it? A week? One to
1: two inches a week, or something? Is that right?
0: Yeah, one to two inches. So what I do is at the same time, because remember, I'm setting up my irrigation system at this point when mm-hmm. I'm planting. Is um, I take you know those big trays, those big black trays, they're like solid bottom mm-hmm. that you put your seed starts yeah. in. Mm-hmm. I take that out and I lay it out in my beds. Um, cause I have walkways in between and I'll lay those in different spots and as it waters mm-hmm. and then I'll come back and I measure how much water it caught and then it tells me and then oh, I know, okay, this is the right. Yeah. So like the other day I kind of got jacked up a little bit. Like none of this is an exact science. So, uh, don't think I'm out there with a micrometer getting it right, <laughs> but you know, I just eyeball it. But the other day I watered it for 50 minutes and I was right around, um, half an inch or so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so if I know that moving forward then I know that hey I'm getting enough water if I Mm -hmm. water twice a week I'm getting around an inch to an inch and a half of water not to mention whatever rain there is and so the way my sprinklers are set they go off is they go off every two days every two days for an hour and so some weeks you might get three waterings and some weeks you might get two and I've, I've been pretty successful with it so
1: It took me like two weeks to figure out that the indoor timer for my uh, lights in the grill room. I just I can't even get my head around like the timer for the sprinkler. Oh, gosh. Um, It's so easy.
0: It's so easy. (laughs) Yeah,
1: so you say. Did you hear me when I said two weeks? Um, Mm -hmm. So one thing that we I felt like I hinted at, but I want to be explicit in plant placing is just so important. Um, So I asked you about the, do you mix seeds? Do you plant seeds and transplants in the same bed? And that's because I've done that um, and I misjudged my spacing just terribly. So one of my beds last year, I had like maybe two or three like kale transplants that I purchased and everything else in the bed was planted by seed, direct sowing the seeds. And um, I completely misjudged how far apart I needed to space everything and things when they first started growing as, you know, kind of baby leaves were great. But then like when things kind of went wild and started getting big, it was one of my lessons learned from last year. I just, you know, I crowded everything out and some things did well. So the kale plant, as you can imagine, had the biggest head start compared to everything else that I planted in that bed. And they were all like leafy green. So it was like other types of kale and, and lettuce and bok choy and things of that nature. So um, I do the whole exercise when I'm doing the all transplants, when putting them in the space. It's to understand if I want to, you know, if I believe that tomato plants should be grown in this particular bed in this space. But it's also to kind of measure the distance between plants as well. Um, square foot gardening also helps that.
0: Don't take the words out of my mouth. <laughs> no, that's exactly why exactly why I wanted to do that mm-hmm. is because I've had such a problem with spacing and here's why, here's why you go get your little seedlings and you put them in the ground. You're like, damn, I got a whole <laughs> bunch of room in my garden. I'm fixing to pack this puppy up. <laughs> and next thing you know, in t- in a month, mm-hmm. you're like, damn, I can't even get my hand in there without getting a tomato out without breaking something off. Uh-huh. And you're like, Damn! Yeah, I ain't getting no tomatoes off this thing, and my cucumbers are hurting. Mm-hmm. And you're like, "What the hell happened?" And I tell you what happened is you got excited, yep. and it's hard to believe. And this is this is why gardening is so amazing, is because you take a little seed and you put it in there, and you some of them you can't even hardly see, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then next thing you know, you got a plant that's four feet tall and three feet wide. And it's hard to visualize it. So when you read the backs of your seed packages and everything, they might say, you know, plant and rows, you know, plant and rows three, two feet spaced and rows four feet apart. Like. You can fudge those a little bit, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you really need to kind of keep on and square foot gardening kind of breaks those rules to an extent. Yeah. And. You know, if you've watched my YouTube video about what I've learned about square foot gardening thus far, you kind of know my stance on it. And if you haven't, you should go watch it. Um, but I'm not going to get real deep into it. But it's basically pushing the limits of it, and I'm I'm not sold on the fact that it's not going to affect the amount that you get harvested.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm not
0: sold. I'm just I'm not, and I and I honestly don't think that there's any way for me to judge that yet because what if I did something else wrong and I suffer mm-hmm. anyways you you know, because almost you ha- will get go ahead you will, you will get more tomatoes off of one plant if it's spaced properly than if you had them crowded together I do know that for a fact you know and I use tomatoes because that's what everybody loves to grow mm-hmm. I don't know anybody who doesn't well I do know somebody who doesn't grow a tomato but Every most people grow tomatoes. That's like the go-to. Yeah. So um, you know when you when you pack them tight, you are not going to get as much. So. So Go as
1: ahead. a general rule, tomatoes or otherwise, if you give a plant more room, it will produce more. Whether it's leaves, whether it's actual tomatoes, whether it's actual fruit of a tomato. Um, but like you said, like I I just I shook my head. Like stop. You know, telling on me in front of our podcast family because <laughs> I am exactly that gardener that looks and says, I come out that second day and say, Gosh, you know, the plants that I left at the store, I could have bought those. I could definitely fit those in there. Like whatever you already know, something comes over you and you're just, you know, inspired. You want to do more. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you, especially if I go back and because and, I've done this. Like you have everything spaced out, probably right, the correct way, right? The proper distance for your space. And then you come back in and add another plant or two. And I'm going to say it's never worked in my favor when it comes to producing the most, you know, like it could probably have produced. It's always, I should have left it as it as it is. Um, there is one note though, and it kind of ties into mulching as well. Um, the more space that you leave in between plants, the more opportunity if you're not covering your um your dirt number thirteen with anything the more opportunity there is for weeds to grow, right? Um, the more space you leave, the more opportunity it is for the sun to beam down and and dry up that soil, soil, soil. Um, so it's it's a little bit of you know six in one hand and a half a dozen in another.
0: Well, let's um, let me let me get a time check on this podcast because we're about to derail. Oh, we're good. <laughs> So, there is a way to plant more in the space when you have your seedlings. Mm-hmm. It's called okay. interplanting, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. You have stuff like radishes. 21 days, seed to harvest. So, you can put those in. By the time they harvest, your your tomatoes or, you know, insert vegetable, whatever, is going to be big enough to where it will shade it out. You can do lettuce, cool season, Mm -hmm. you know. um, And then in between, you can plant in the summertime, you can stick your fall vegetables under there and allow them to shade to keep it cooler. Mm -hmm. So there is a way to do it. It's a little bit more technical and it's a little bit more work, but it is possible and there are ways to do it. Because, I mean, if you know, like I'm sure you know, it's like you go out one morning and it's like all of a sudden your plant's like tripled in size. Yeah you know and it's like wow this is so fast but you know if you if you time it right you can interplant and that's a benefit and that does multiple things it keeps your soil worked Mm -hmm. um i should have said dirt but i didn't (laughs) it um you know it allows um it allows you to get more food it shades it starves out weeds Mm mm-hmm You know, and you're just getting more. So, like, in I did the uh, video today for the easiest gardens to do out of bag soil. Mm -hmm, Oh, this is gonna be my
1: favorite. This is gonna be my favorite. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so, what I'm doing with it is I'm specifically growing peppermint and spearmint. Mm -hmm. And what I'm doing is that for is because if you grow either one of those on its own, it will take over the entire country. It'll just like grow (laughs) rampant. So you've got to control it, right? And I wanted to keep them separate because I I make teas and I make tinctures and stuff like that with it that work for us. But you can do all kinds of things with, and they starve out the weeds and all that. So, but remember, they take off and they go crazy. So, so it's I kind um of,
1: I have most of my beds are about seven feet wide. I'm not. Maybe I was buying 14-inch boards and just had them cut them in half. Maybe that's a logic. So seven foot by about three and a half or something. Um, Let's just call it seven by four for easy math. And I planted, I bought one little transplant from, you know, a big box store in the garden center. It was, I'm going to say spearmint. I don't remember if it was peppermint or spearmint, but it was a mint plant. And I put it right in the corner when I was kind of doing, you know, um, you know, a revised version of square foot gardening, I put it right in the corner of that seven by four foot bed. And one, I didn't know that even in my climate, I'm in zone six for the gardeners, that mint is perennial. Right? I didn't realize that. So the next season, so it spread a bit, like it just shot up that first year. But the next season, it was one of the first things that, you know, there was life in the garden. I'm like, oh, that's super cool, right? Like, you know, two years for the price of one. And so then it started to inch its way. So it, it basically spread the entire four foot space, the width of the bed, before I mm-hmm. even could get out to plant other things. And then yeah. what did it start doing? It started moving out of that one foot space. And so now it's like two by four, you know. And right. at some point last year, it took up almost half of that bed. So one little plant. Yeah. Now, if you want a bunch of mint, then that's cool. Like if you want to dedicate a bed to mint, that's fine. Um, but yeah, talk about invasiveness. I actually well, had to make I mean, the decision. I pulled it this year. Like I just, I couldn't.
0: Well, you, and you're not going to get rid of it. It's going to come back. Stop um, saying
1: swear words to me.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> it's And that's why we always, like even before we would have it, and I I didn't. I paused last time and I, I need to finish my thought. Oh, sorry. So I put one. No, you're fine. I put one um, plant in each spot and then around it, what I'm going to go back and do. And I mentioned it in the video. I didn't do it on the video, but I'm going to put um, radishes around it mm. just to keep the weeds from coming in mm-hmm. and stuff like that until it spreads. And then we're done, you know, and it's just I mean, essentially, it's just a cover crop. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I'm not hung up on like, I got to get the best harvest of radishes or anything, but it'll just help do that. And then as I pull them, it'll take off and I'll go. And so what I'll do is I'm going to, you you just got to visualize what I'm saying. I have the plant and then right in front of the plant, I'm going to put a row of radishes around it and then. A couple days later, I'm going to put another row around it, working my way all the way out. So as the plant grows, I can pull radishes, Mm -hmm. the first set of radishes out and it'll grow. And then I'll pull the second set, the second set, and then it'll take over the whole thing. So from the inside
1: out, you're doing the radish kind of circle around the mint plant.
0: Correctamundo. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So So interplanting, I've researched that over the years and that's where it's, you're right, it's technical. And um, I think I labeled it for my 2025 garden uh, or something, you know, a few years ahead. Um, well, I could stop and break it down and then actually plant that way. For me at this stage, it's just I'm not ready for it, you know. So I'm going to yeah, go to my free. I mean, free, it's not for
0: everybody. Yeah,
1: I'm going to go to my but free mulch But you have a lot more space. Guy. Yeah, a lot, but I got a lot of free mulch too. I hope that it will still yeah. be available this year.
0: That's you have a scary. lot more space than I do. I mean, you have more um, garden beds than I mm-hmm. do. So, you know, and that's the whole one of the whole things about me doing a smaller garden is I don't want to have this huge space to take care of. But mm-hmm. what I really don't want is this huge space to water. Mm-hmm. OK, mm-hmm. I don't it, it gets cumbersome to water and inner allows me to get more out of a smaller area.
1: Yeah. Cause it's still the same soil so. you're watering. You would water a bit more if you have more plants. So if I have a single plant in a four by four bed, I'm um, going to water less than I would if I had five plants, you know, and you could fold in It depends on the type of plant, you know,
0: it all stays the same for me in the amount of time. Cause I mean, it's still hitting an inch based on brain, your timer. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. Based on the timer. So, um, Yeah wow we got derailed i still have another thing that i do
1: wait aren't you done with your garden after you put the plant in the hole no no i've been doing it wrong all these years
0: there is still (laughs) more work to do if you plant something that needs to be staked now is the time to put the stake in oh that's such a stake or the cage Mm -hmm, yeah you mm -hmm. you want to do it right away so the roots can grow around it and you don't disturb them Mm -hmm. so that's the time to do it um And that's really kind of finishes up the aspect of, for me, I believe getting my plants in the ground is I get them in the ground. Um, My peppers, I stake them right away. And my tomatoes, I stake or cage, however I want to do it. Anything you want to grow vertical. Um, If you're planting seeds, go ahead and stake them right now. You know I, I grow my um, butternut squash vertical my winter squashes mm-hmm. so I do that as well and as soon as it gets in the ground boom I put this I put that in and then that's just it's an extra safety measure mm-hmm. um, yeah so so
1: there I um, I actually do that as well um, I haven't always been great at it and the reason why I know it's really important is there's nothing and not even just from the root perspective, but it's nothing harder than try to wrangle in tomato vines. Once that tomato plant's gotten big and you're trying to put it into a cage, you know, like no one puts baby in a corner. Like it's very, very difficult. So in some instances, if I'm using a stake, like a wooden stake, let's say for instance, I'll actually put the stake down because I'm such like, I need to see the blueprint. Put the stake in the ground and then actually dig the hole to plant it. If I'm doing a cage, like a tomato cage, then I'll do exactly like you're describing: plant it and then put the cage on immediately. Because and it looks crazy. You have this itty bitty plant, you know, and this six foot tall stake or this big uh, tomato cage. But it's, you're doing yourself a big favor. It's a really good tip.
0: Right. Let's um let's break that down in a second. But we got to take a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Neptune's Harvest Organic Fertilizer. Now, this is a fertilizer that I have used in my garden for many years. I like to use a fish seaweed blend, the one with the blue label. In the wintertime, I like to dilute it and add it to my seedlings, and it has the right amount of nitrogen in it to give those leaves that extra push they need so they can grow and collect more light for stronger seedlings. Once I put them in the garden, I do a full-strength feeding, and they grow faster, and especially my spring crops. They have larger leaves to harvest. This year, I want to specifically try the tomato veg formula, the one with the red label. I'm looking to get higher yields, and I also want to feed the microbes in my soil to help rebuild it throughout the year. Best of all, it's organic. All throughout history, people have been burying fish heads in their gardens, but thanks to Neptune's Harvest, we don't have to do that anymore. So check them out at NeptunesHarvest.com. And you can buy it at neptunesharvest.com, your local garden center, and even on Amazon. So check them out and get growing. Okay. So staking. Yeah. Um, you, so you, you said you dig a hole first and then you stake. Is um, that what you said?
1: No, I p- if I'm using like a wooden stake or any type of like, um, um, you know, straight down, I guess a stake, right? A stake is a stake. So I stake it. I put the stake into the bed and then I dig the hole for the plant. So I don't do it afterwards because it also helps me. Oh, it also helps guide me to like where I want to exactly want to put the plant. Because that's another thing. Um, It's such a good um, reference. Like when you see the plants in the um, sitting on the ground or sitting inside of the hole you dug again, they're babies. No one's planting, you know, unless it's trees or bushes or shrubs or something, you know, it's going to be like two feet tall probably more like one foot tall or something like that so it still looks small at the bottom but if you have your stakes or your cages that's one more way to kind of help you gauge how far apart things are going to be so
0: yeah and i mean if you use like a tomato cage like the tomato is going to spill out of the cage Mm -hmm. so um but you would not want to have
1: it real quick you would not want to have two tomato cages right next to each other you know unless you're going to do something like single stem which is a whole different kind of thing
0: yeah, we're not going to get into mm-hmm. that. Um, <laughs> I uh, I do. Uh, my cages are pretty close this year, but I'm following this square foot garden rule thing. So mm. um, the tops of my cages are a couple inches apart. Yeah. But once they get to the top, they don't really bush out that much mm-hmm, for me. Mm-hmm. So I actually put my stakes in after I plant. Mm hmm. So I'll that's even how I do, do it.
1: Um, a stake and a cage because I pretend like I'm going to do the single stemming and I never do it. Um, but it allows me to kind of see that plant because you, what you also can do with a steak that you can't necessarily do with a tomato cage is you can basically tie that stem or stems around that stake, Right. Loosely, of course. Um, because like you said, it's going to even fall out of the cage just based on the way the cage. What do you made. use to tie it? Um, Twine, something that uh, has a little bit of give. Never use anything like your regular. Never use wire. Don't do that, people. You know, you want something that's able to let the plant Wait, breathe. Wait, are wire? No, you don't. Not for not for tying a plant. Stop it.
0: I, I do. I use garden wire. Oh, oh I'm not, I don't. Oh, you there know, there it is. Now you're there talking about. Is.
1: As I look, Google garden nope. wire. No, you don't. You don't nope. use this.
0: Yes, I do. I look. All my listeners up in um, New England, go to Ocean Job Lots. They got you covered 50 cents for a roll of it. And it's a wire that has a foam around it so ah, it's soft.
2: Okay,
0: okay. Now, that being said, I don't wrap it tight. Mm-hmm. I wrap it loosely. Um, my grandfather used pantyhose. Yeah. But my wife... <laughs> all right, I got to take an intermission. I got to tell you a story. All right, so... I'm from North Carolina, right? I know you can't relate to this because you're in Chicago, but we have hurricanes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so hurricanes come, and basically when a hurricane comes and go, one or two ways for your garden, you can make it or you're going to lose everything. Yeah. So I move up to New England, and every year I was in New England, we had hurricanes. I thought I was getting away from them. So we had, I think it was Superstorm Sandy, whatever with the Superstorm part. But yeah, we had Sandy come and I was like, it was right when we first started like really getting into gardening. And I was like, I'm gonna make it last. I'm gonna make it work. Um, Cause we lived on the coast. So I was like, I need I need some pantyhose. And I had these big eggplants and I wanted to save them. So I took a nail and I nailed it into the side of my um, garden bed. So it stuck out. So I had something to tie to. Mm-hmm. But it was, I had to have a long piece of pantyhose. So... I took her pantyhose and stretched it and tied it around, and all you could see was the crotch of the pantyhose hanging out, <laughs> flapping in the hurricane back and forth. And we would just sit there and watch it. And we were like, "Damn!" She's like, "That's so embarrassing." That like my crotch of my pantyhose, and she doesn't even wear that stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Wait, did you but, say the um, eggplants? Did they survive?
0: No. So, um, just so you know, when a hurricane comes, the rain is uh, primarily salt water. So it's really hard for things. I mean, it's not like it's like the ocean falling, but it's very high in salt content. Mm -hmm. No, it got beat up. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I was able to get a couple more off, but no. But um, yeah, so I was. uh, That was my moment. If she hears this, when she hears it, she's gonna kill me. But that's okay. It's for you guys. So yeah, but my grandfather.
1: I have nothing to do with this.
0: No, Batavia is innocent. But if you do come across some pantyhose, it works really good. You can cut strips of it
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and
0: use it to tie. So I actually I'm cheap and I take all the stuff that I've used to tie everything up and I save those little pieces of wire. Yeah. And I just have like a little container and I pull them out.
1: You could do the same with like old T-shirts. If you have some worn T-shirts, you know, when it comes to creating the strips. Yeah.
0: You have to cut really small strips mm-hmm. of t-shirt mm-hmm. so I try to the fabric's really thick. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, growing up, that's I didn't know there was any other way than like stockings and pantyhose yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. But Yeah, the idea yeah, of purchasing use,
1: something for that, you know, is definitely foreign yeah. to a lot of generations of gardeners.
0: Yeah. You know what would be a good thing to do is go to like a um a thrift store or something and see mm-hmm, if you can mm-hmm. find you know it would be something that maybe they'd have like a big box of it or something yeah, like that yeah. and you could just get it and you'd have it forever
1: because you could do but, pantyhose um, or tights again tights are thicker than pantyhose but um, yeah does not you just you know cut it a little bit thinner if you will um, so I'm I'd not real get big
0: the- into I was gonna say I'm not real big into women's wear so <laughs> um I don't really know the terms <laughs>
1: Um, In Chicago, and especially when I used to go downtown for work, um, there is a, it kind of marks the season once I transition into tights, which is a completely off subject, but um, yeah, I'm a lover of tights. Um, So I get the twine that I use. um, I mean, you can find them in a lot of stores, fabric stores. You can find them in, you know, I haven't found just the regular twine in big box stores, but some of the other kind of super center stores, you can find them there. Yeah. You can order it online too. You know, I know that a lot of folks aren't going out so much, Um, you know, and specifically Twine's and good
0: though, because you can just cut it and drop it in your garden. That's and exactly it'll, why. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. why. Because when I, I was it. working on when I was going out to sea, we would use a certain kind of rope that would do that. You could throw it in the ocean, and it would just biodegrade and go away. Yeah. But, and um,
1: um, that's where the lazy, because, you know, I've just let Ben continue to talk about how lazy he is, and I'm just looking at him as if I'm not as well. We're just not lazy in all
0: the same way. She just can't admit it. Y'all y'all don't listen to her. She can't admit that she's lazy, Gardener? Oh,
1: no. I absolutely am. But there are things that I... have value on and i'll do like watering there's a whole process for me with watering um but when it comes to like it took years and years for me to kind of break the garden down at the end of the year so the idea of like taking you know any type of string or what did you say you use garden um wire Wire like to take that stuff. stuff down like nope so the idea that i can just drop it where it's at that sounds like a different kind of conversation. But yeah, the idea I, did. I yeah. could do that, man, it's right up my alley.
0: Well, see, this year might be different, too, because generally what I do is I, I let everything grow until it's dead. Mm-hmm. And then I pull it up. But this year I'm doing a fall garden, like a full on fall garden is my yeah. plan, at least. Um, And then so my garden wire theory might change, but... It works for me, too, because I don't have to tie knots. I can just twist it.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, so, yeah. Okay, okay.
0: Yeah. Um, I'll throw a picture up on Instagram. For yeah, I'm interested see.
1: in seeing it. Um, yeah. The I just made a mental note because we're talking really about planting um, when you don't have anything already in your garden. So when you talked about, you know, things may be different for you as you plan for your fall garden you're gonna be planting around something. So we should probably touch base on this again when we talk about fall gardening. I think I added it to our calendar in August when you're gonna remind me I should be getting out and planting stuff for my fall garden, is that it?
0: I don't wanna think about it right now, to be honest. Uh It stresses me out.
1: Well, you know what, so crazy for me, there's a little bit of stress when it comes to the fall garden for me, but there's also like, I have so much more time for fall than I do for like my air quote spring garden in the middle of spring. So it's almost like I'm hopeful I get another do-over, another at-bat. I could actually not kill kale seedlings.
0: Let's hope. Well, here's my worry. For me, my winters can go either not warm, but not like super cold. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or they can go really cold. But if it's not super cold and things live then I'm going to have to amend the crap out of my soil next year because essentially I'm just going to have oh. things growing all the time. And yeah. I'm a firm believer in letting your garden rest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer in that. And if I had the space, I would actually like rotate beds out and just let beds like sit for a year mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and not do anything. But I don't have that kind of space. So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of torn. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. The bigger you go for me, the more you want to plant. So technically I could scale back. I feel like it's a swear word. I could scale back and do something like you're describing. And then I imagine when I have more land, you know, a bigger property and a bigger garden, like I'm not going to do that. I'm going to want to plant in all of them. So again, this is where I know myself.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Like here, I live, there's a lot of farmland around me. They let entire fields sit for one year. Mm -hmm. And then the next year they come in and plant. So, But um, you're right. I was actually
1: in a store recently and I was talking, I was picking up some um, material for a garden project. And it's funny because um, the material isn't what your normal garden material is. And so based on everything I had in my cart, a guy behind me, Said, oh, you getting your garden started? I said, yeah, right, you know. And so. Wait, wait,
0: wait, wait! What is this project you're referring to? These people want to know.
1: Listen, you've been trying to help me work on the teasers, and so. Okay. <laughs> let's just okay. say that there's some some uh, pipe involved. That's all I'll you. Mission give accomplished. Mm-hmm. And um, he talked, but he commented on through our mass, mind you. He commented on how um, about amending your soil and how you know, when when you're harvesting, when you're growing in it, you're taking a lot out of that soil, right? You know, that plant is pulling a lot out of it. And um, it's funny, like we talked about earlier, it's not required. There are many, many years. I just kept on digging a hole and putting plants in a year after year. Um, but once you start to be a, just a tad bit more conscious of a gardener, um, you realize something like what he shared, right? Um, and that next year, I didn't think about it that way. I'm glad you mentioned it. You know, twenty twenty one. If I pull off this, you know, let's call it a summer garden and fall garden, um, I am going to have to step things up when it comes to amending that soil for you know next year's season. Um,
0: well, here's a here's a the thing about fertilizers and all that stuff. If you don't amend your soil and you don't have anything to feed it, your plants are going to be not as strong. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what happens when your plant's not as strong, Batavia? One What's thing, the they, key can't, thing?
1: Well, they can't fight off disease.
0: There you go. They're more susceptible to diseases and insects. Mm-hmm. So it's very important to find that balance. And that's why this fall garden kind of worries me a little bit because I can amend my soil. I mean, I'm making compo- compost I could stop being a lazy gardener and go out and turn my pile and get some compost mm-hmm. rather quickly. Um, which is probably going to have to happen. And I'm going to have to buy a pitchfork. Yes. I want a pitchfork so bad. <laughs> so, um, that's probably, that's a, the benefit of it. But, um, that's something that is, it's very, you know, it's very important. And that's why you put the compost in when you put your plant in. That's why you do that. It gives the plant a little boost, but it also is like a micro way to like feed your, your dirt, mm-hmm. feed your garden. So, um, I just, I, th- I feel like it's important And you know, even if you go back and, you know, way back in the day, like every seven years you let your farm rest Mm-hmm. You know, that was the rule back in the day. So, um, you know, am I going to do that? No, but I'm going to have to figure out a way to keep things healthy and strong.
1: Yeah, that actually kind of folds into how we talk about gardening and how it teaches patients. But we still have kind of, you know, what's in us when it comes to more and more and more, right? Wanting to continue. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, every garden bed that I've had, every garden space that I've had, I've planted in every single year, like using all of the space, right? You know, now I'm fortunate and, you know, I could have totally just flipped things and said, let my backyard garden rest, which I never would do, um, and just guarded it in the front, you know, I could... And it would be a lot easier for me to manage. I could flip-flop the space even every year. Maybe not. it's not going to be every seven years, but every year I could do that. Um, but I, I definitely do want to take advantage of the space I have, the time I have. And I think what you've given us is some tools to help us kind of make up for that lack of rest the garden's getting.
0: You know. Yeah. Well, I think, too, the benefit of having a raised bed is you know how it, it compresses and you have to add dirt to it? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of, that helps with that whole situation, like adding that dirt to it, you know? That's a really good point. Even if you go, yeah, I mean, go out, and there's sometimes like go out in the fall when the uh, compost is on sale and just buy a couple bags of compost. Just add a bag of compost to each bed. Mm -hmm. I feel like that would just do like a big, you know, that would change it. Like I have chickens, and so we're going to put manure into our bed this winter if things stop growing and um let it break down and it should be ready by spring you know Mm -hmm. what i mean especially Mm -hmm. because we'll get some warm days and stuff like that yeah Yeah. it's a good
1: idea i um that's what i did with the front yard it was actual compost that i folded into the front yard garden beds excuse me last year and it also was to help me get a head start on this year which i really haven't taken advantage of but by the time this airs we will have vining snow Peas. I'm not gonna go it's not gonna be flowers. It's not gonna be actual snow peas, but they'll be starting to climb the trellis. So I did plant that in the front yard. That's the only thing I've actually planted so far, you know, in April. Um So yeah, I gotta I gotta giddy up, man.
0: You do somehow. You gotta pony up.
1: I'm telling you, somehow I I I pushed a pause button.
0: Is there um anything else you do before to put a plant in the ground that you can think of
1: clearly I've not coordinated with my neighbors in the lawn care schedule because Here I could have again. sworn I could have sworn it was um Monday that the grass was cut
0: now you can't do that while we're recording <laughs>
1: no I was trying to uh, decline the call I accidentally hit the button you'll hear it when you listen to this That's me saying I'm sorry can I call you back uh. <laughs> real life real life i I
0: started randomly talking
1: (laughs) so um yeah anything else i do lawnmowers outside again it's going to be a norm it's summer right or spring that's all right spring going into summer um
0: look it's a gardening podcast we expect to hear lawnmowers
1: oh yeah totally connected to the garden ah it's actually a sound effect we folded this in intentionally
0: we um you know we planned this purposely so you guys could listen to the lawnmower absolutely
1: So So. the day that I plant, there isn't anything else that I do other than maybe, you know, pour a glass and watch, you know, everything that I've planted look beautiful. The next day, though, in the coming days, I do, like you said, when it comes to especially seeds, it's really important that they stay moist. I do a lot of babying of the garden um, in the coming days after I've planted. But I don't think there's anything else key that I do. What about you?
0: Um, not really. There is one thing that I don't do, but I know, um, is useful. And I've actually, I've done it once when you get a seedling in and it's small, if you want, you can take like an old terracotta pot and cover it. And that will keep the wind from beating it up and the sun from like harshly hitting it. And that can help just do it for like the first day Mm -hmm. and then, um, or the first night, whatever. And other than that, that's, um, that's really it. I mean, it's not a complicated process. There are things to think about. I do but, have um, one more. The reason... Uh-oh, go ahead. Yeah.
1: So if it's seeds, I'll take, what do we decide it's called? I want to call it chicken wire. I called it hard wire the other day. You called it hard cloth wire. Um, like that stuff. So I'll take that and lay it flat on the space where I planted seeds um, and it's important for any critter, but for me specifically for squirrels, it helps deter them from digging in that bed. Because right now I have fresh soil, right? I've planted the seeds, and I don't want them to dig into it and basically dig up the seeds that I've planted. So I'll put down some of that um, hard, cloth, hard wire, hardware cloth, that's what it is, hardware cloth, um, just laying it flat, and then once things start to germinate, Um, I'll come back around, put some mulch down. In recent years, I've been doing that. And obviously, I'll remove the the hardware cloth. Um, So that's the last thing I think I do.
0: Yeah, oh, and trellises, get your trellises ready. If you haven't put those up yet, go ahead and get them ready. And that's that's all I got. And the reason why I ask is Uh because I got something magical today.
1: Oh, wait, before the magic, wait. Um, okay. The theme okay. with the steaks, the, the tomato cages, the trellises, all of that is you want to basically have everything um, set up so you don't have to come back in and disturb what you've planted later trying to add, you know, whatever your, you know, trellis was or whatever your steak was. So that's the theme there. Uh, I'm ready yeah. for the magic.
0: So it's the time that everybody's been waiting for the recipe of the day. Okay, we have a cooked radish recipe. I found it, I did it, I'm going for it. I've been begging and Batavia's been dancing around it, so <laughs> I did it, I jumped on it. Um, this is going to be, this is a garlic roasted radish. So that's... um pretty basic. It's less than five ingredients and they are a pound of radishes trimmed in half, a tablespoon of melted butter, or you can use any kind of oil, a half a teaspoon of salt, a quarter teaspoon of pepper. Um, don't worry about the measurements just due to your taste for that. And garlic as much as you want. It says three cloves. I'd probably use five or six and Uh, parsley, chives, or dill. Um, I personally would go for dill. And you preheat your oven, 425. Mix everything together in a bowl to make sure it's evenly coated. Um, Spread the radishes out. Don't overcrowd them. Bake them for 20 to 25 minutes. And you just want to make sure they're a little soft um, or a little crispy. I'm sorry. But you don't want them crunchy in the middle. You want to cook them all the way through. And serve boom i did it i found it nicely i'm doing
1: done. it those flavors sound really good together because with the peppery pepperiness of radishes
0: yeah mm. yeah i actually tried it and it was really good so
1: nicely done
0: but um yeah radishes man they there's i'm i'm on a mission i'm finding more radishes so <laughs> i'm gonna do it but um yeah so are you gonna try it batavia no why
1: no I'll, I'll give it a try <laughs> I was getting, my
0: heart was literally broken right I know, there
1: I, and i looked up to see the face yeah no the, i'm gonna give sarcasm it a try
0: is brutal i
1: love um kind of roasted almost anything so
0: yeah yeah and dill is um it's one of those things that you can grow in your garden that i feel like is is another thing that's kind of hard to use sometimes
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm so
0: to have something to us another way to use dill is uh is a good thing but um yeah do you have anything else you want to add to anything because this is the end of our spring series which i know has been a little spaced out lately but um you know do you have anything you want to add to the spring series or anything like that
1: Congratulations to those that have actually been growing in their garden this spring. Congratulations to those that have been prepping their garden this spring. And congratulations to those that have decided that they want to have a garden
0: this spring. Yeah, especially those who <laughs> want to have a garden. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I agree and I think um you know, if you've made it this far Remember, if you're hardening off, you might have some deaths, and that's okay. It happens. It's a part of the process. It's a learning process. Um, just be careful. Um, amend your soil and enjoy the process and have fun looking at it when it's little because it ain't going to be a little long. <laughs> it's it's the growing season is here, people. So, uh, Do you have anything you want to tell anybody?
1: Uh, Check me out in the container garden series that I'm working on. I have a couple of videos uh, on my YouTube channel at Be Better Garden. It's B-B-E-T-T-A garden. Uh, While I have, I don't know, what is it, 498 raised beds. I wanted... 498? Yeah, yeah we'll stick with that today. Um, I wanted to kind of expand some of the things I was growing, and um, I decided containers were the way to go. So... Uh, yeah, check out that.
0: Yeah, and you can hit us up on all our regular spots. Um, I'm thank you for joining us. Thank you for being here. Um, you know, if there's anything you guys want to know, reach out. Let us know. We're going to be going live on Instagram um, at the beginning of the month. We're going to put an announcement out on Instagram, and we'll give you a little heads up, and then we'll give you another one in our story. And then we can all chat and have a good old grand garden time. And until then, we will catch you guys later. I hope you enjoyed our conversation today. You can find us at Backyard Gardens The Movie on Facebook and Backyard Gardener on Instagram. And YouTube is Backyard Gardener where I'm doing videos showing cooking and building gardens and gardening tips, all kinds of good stuff. And you can find Batavia at
1: You'll find me on Instagram at B underscore Better Garden. And then you'll find me on Facebook, same name. And then I'm also over on YouTube at B Better Garden. I am sharing hashtag Garden Joy every chance I get. I hope you enjoy.
0: So if you have any questions, hit us up on all of our platforms, anywhere you want. And we will be more than happy to help you with what you can. And again, thanks for listening. And we will see you guys next time. Cut. Now you
2: know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time.
0: All over the world people have feasting and good
1: times when the crops have been gathered in.